1: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104
0: podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long
2: you're listening to Room 104 you can get in touch at any point free on our WhatsApp 0876797104 now I usually only do this on a Wednesday but I saw that this gentleman is going to be performing in Whelan's tomorrow night and I said I had to get him on he's a hilarious, a hilariously funny individual and he's going to come on and do a special Monday edition of My Worst Gig where you get to hear from some of the best comedians in the land about some of their worst gigs and it's traumatic for them it's re traumatising for them but we get to have a bit of a laugh about it. Joining us now is somebody who has been doing a hell, hell of a of work, mainly uh, up to north in the United Kingdom. He's done stuff for the BBC, radio, TV. He's also supported uh, Bill Burr, which is a huge, huge achievement in and of itself. He's been gigging for years. He's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet as well. And he's coming on, on to talk to you about some of his worst gigs. Shane Todd, how are you?
3: Hey, man, I'm good. How are you?
2: Good, good. I hope you're all right with uh, diving back into the vault of uh, bad gigs and seeing how we go.
3: Yeah, I mean, the problem with me with this is just picking... One of the many, many bad gigs, you know, and also I, I feel a lot of pressure that we're doing this feature on a Monday. I didn't realise you did it on a Wednesday, so uh, uh, yeah. I, hope, I mean, we've
2: uh, changed the whole schedule, Shane. If this is going to be, if you've no bad <laughs> gigs, I'll be. We'll all look like idiots.
3: Oh no, there's, there's, there, there, I mean, there's been too many. There's been too many bad gigs. But
2: um, uh, before maybe we chat about those. How long have you been gigging?
3: I, do you know what? Um, for for someone who looks like a like a 19 year old auntie, <laughs> I, I'm actually. 31 so I've been gigging for 12 years wow is what is long your long time.
2: what is your skincare routine you look fabulous I,
3: <laughs> I just sleep with it I sleep on my face in a big vat of, uh, of of moisturiser um It'll catch up with me at some point the age. It'll horrendously catch up with me in the late 30s. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm
2: telling you, just become like one of those skincare influencers online and you'll just be raking <laughs> it and forget this comedy stuff. You'll be like, four grand oh, for a tweet. It'll be happy days.
3: Oh, I would love to just ditch the comedy for anything. So, I mean, <laughs> if that's the route i got to go down, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, I've been gigging for what feels like ages and um, I'm, I'm probably more full-time in the last four, four or five years, something like that.
2: Yeah, and can you remember when and where your first gig was?
3: Yeah, my first, uh, I think, uh, oh, we all remember our, our, our first gig. Um, mine was in, at least called the Black Box in Belfast. I don't know if you've, you've ever gigged yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little arty place. Um, I did a gig there with Jerry McBride. I'm sure you know Jerry. Yeah,
2: and he's now famous for Waterford Whispers fame. Waterford he's, Whispers he's done this before as well, yeah?
3: Yeah, so Jerry, Paul Curry, there was a couple other, it, it, it would be a really good lineup now, but back then, Everybody was kind of just starting out. I knew Jerry was as well. Yeah. And I I, I wrote a script, like a word-for-word word script for my set because I thought that that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, but I'd never had the pressure of performing live, so I, I got about two lines in and just totally forgot oh, what, no. what I was saying. <laughs> and it was... It was a disaster. I got, away, I got away with it because I looked so young. and everyone. It, it looked like somebody's son had been dragged out of bed at a house party by their parents <laughs> to come and perform for the family. <laughs> so people kind of felt bad. And I, I just kind of riffed about how badly it was going. But it was still fun. You know, it must have been fun enough because I, I did it again a couple of months later and gradually started doing it a bit more. But yeah, I, I feel like I was, I was probably the youngest person. Person doing it in the north anyway when I started, so that was kind of an advantage because people felt yeah. bad for you.
2: What did you remember what did you joke about as a 19 year old who looked? I imagine you looked about did you look like 15 when you I were like
3: 12? 12, yeah. 12. <laughs> I, I, I used to always get ID going into the venues I was gigging in. Um, oh no, what did I start? My material was so bad whenever I, I mean, I think we, all comedians cringe at their earliest material. Um, I just did stuff about being a student and I think I tried to be like really edgy as well which I'm, I'm not like that now but I think I think I was just trying to emulate comedians that I was enjoying yeah. at the time yeah it took, it took me a long time to kind of find my voice you know but um, but oh yeah I mean I died so badly at the start <laughs> I mean I mean you, it, that still happens from time to time now which is part of the thrill of it but um, oh, god yeah, I mean, kinda, I,
2: yeah I, I think you kind of have to get to a point where you have to go out not expecting it to be horrible but just it's kind of part and parcel of the whole thing isn't it that some of them are just going to be horrific
3: yeah and I think no, I don't know what it is I think because there's more comedians now there's more gigs it's, it's a good time for stand up especially up here up around Belfast it's a really good time for it so if you're just starting in stand up you, you're kind of spoiling now because the gigs are so good. You know, it feels like my generation were kind of the martyrs that you know died for for, <laughs> died for, for the, the cause generation yeah. to live. Really, that's
2: <laughs> why. Right? So you can look at these new comics come up and go, they don't know how easy they have it. <laughs> uh, ah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I did a gig yeah. to four people in the back of a pub somewhere, and everyone was screaming at me. But yeah, obviously, if you're doing it twelve years, uh, I mean, you've obviously done hundreds and hundreds of gigs at this stage, and just for whatever reason, sometimes the gigs don't go according to plan, like the first one, but. Over the last 12 years, what have been one or two of your maybe standout horrible gigs that have occurred?
3: There was one that was totally like karma getting me back. If you believe in karma, I totally deserved this death on stage. What happened? This is maybe four or five years ago. So doing stand-up, you kind of, you kind of get out to a lot of charity gigs. Um, yeah. and You want to do as many as you can do, but you, you know, you've got to earn a living as well, so you kind of have to... Figure out when you can do them. Uh, it had come at a time where I had done quite a few in, in that month, and I was like, right, I need to make some money here. So, someone asked my dad if I could do a charity gig, but it was also a music night as well, and they tend not to work. So, I just didn't really like the sound of it. So, I, I said to my dad, I was like, just tell the person that asked you that I'm gigging somewhere else and I can't make it. Now, I feel kind of bad saying that, but at the time, I was like, I, I, I just have too much on, I can't do it. So I, le- I left it at that. Then about two weeks later, I was in like my home town with my dad. We were walking out to get lunch. And the person that asked him to ask me to do the gig approaches, and um, we start talking. I don't really know this person particularly well, so yeah. I decide, like, uh, I'll address the elephant in the room, and I say to the person, uh, I'm really sorry about not being able to do that that gig, but, uh, you know, I'm in Glasgow for a show, and then there was, like, a really awkward silence, and the person just looked at me and my dad and said, oh, that's that's a bit weird, because I, I hadn't told your dad what date the show was. Oh, oh I mean, no. I, I died inside so bad, and I had to just... I said, like, oh, I thought he said the 18th, you know, everybody knew I was lying. Um, so I felt so bad that I did the show it was like that, that weekend or whatever I ended up doing the show and it was really rowdy like there had been music on people were just chatting nobody really wanted to hear stand up so I had to get up and do a set and I, I was only going to do like 10 minutes and I was about halfway through it. nobody was listening to anything uh, and then all of a sudden everyone like was looking at me and all these guys sitting in the front row were paying attention and like really studying me on stage and I thought this is great and you know they're not laughing but at least they're paying attention Yeah. and I realised at the end of my set I went through the barman put Match of the Day on the TV behind me <laughs> so put on mute but on mute, so everybody was just watching, like, I don't know, I mean, I did Newcastle, um, <laughs> and, and, and I was standing in front of it, so that 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 kind of served me right. I kind of had to take that one, chin.
2: Oh, my God. So for a few moments, you're like, okay, I've got them now, Shane. All of this hard work, all your crowd work, all your material, yeah. it's really starting to pay off. You can take a yeah. rowdy crowd, you can control them, you know what you're doing, you're like, yes, and
3: then, oh. Yeah, they, they were so animated. I mean, with hindsight, it's probably because... <laughs> I, I don't know Rude van Nesseroen was with penalty or something but, but, but uh, yeah they weren't laughing but I was like they're on the side and then I was like ah no the barman just helped me out there by <laughs> putting the football on mute so uh, I yeah, can imagine I, I, I
2: can act. just see lads at this right where, where you're standing on stage and they're kind of you know half standing up standing down when there's a half chance gone in or just gone wide and you're like interesting reaction <laughs> to the punchline but I'll take
3: it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never had loads of hands on head
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah oh, Controversial decision there And you're like, oh, I know Edgy comedy
3: <laughs> So, yeah, I totally, I totally totally that what,
2: one. what was the Can you remember what the charity was for?
3: Oh, I mean, this is going to sound so bad now. I say that I tried to get out of a game like, what, I will, what I will Prefix this with is My mum volunteers for this charity So that makes me feel way better about it It was, it was for the Special Olympics now, it sounds like I have something against the Special Olympics. <laughs> I don't. It's a great cause. It's a great cause. I ended up doing the show, but, um, yeah, I just felt so bad. And God. then, But my mum didn't volunteer at the time. My mum felt so bad. I think she now volunteered for the Special Out Olympics. Out of
2: spite, you've, you've, you've forced her into <laughs> volunteering every week because of your decisions.
3: Yeah, so, So. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the thing about it
2: is, though, uh, a lot of people, all the comics have come on to this part of the show to talk about their worst gigs. The the formula for a terrible gig is is usually on when there's music on as well. I mean, if you put on a gig with music, it's just a recipe for absolute disaster.
3: Yeah, that's why I think it's, you know, it's always good advice. I would tell, like, new comedians or whatever, if if they're on the scene in Belfast, you know, Always have a always have a, a ballad up ready up the sleeve. <laughs> you <laughs> might want to dip back into the music, so you know halfway through you might just need to abandon the material. Yeah, and, yeah. and Get into living la vida loca. You know that just sometimes has to be crowd favour. Has to be done. But I mean, yeah, I think stand ups so weird in that people think when you do stand up, oh yeah, you can just get up and tell jokes anywhere in any bar at any time. But it, the environment has to be so specific. You know, mm-hmm. everything has to be geared up for the stand-up. Everybody has to be facing the stage. You know, the lighting has to be right, the sound, all that kind of thing. So... Yeah, nights. I think it's always a good idea to get a bit of stand up on people think when they're organising an event, but really
2: it's not great for anyone. Yeah, and 1st I've, al- one first, I've always know? found charity nights can be very, very hit and miss because it, a charity night, no one, you're not there to really laugh or take the piss, you know what I mean? It's usually yeah. serious causes that need serious yeah. and music works fine at that because you don't need to listen or anything, but you can't. I uh, just uh, it's so awkward.
3: I think part of it is as well. It's all good and everybody's there for a good cause, but like you say, all it takes. The, the dreaded thing in a charity gigs is somebody comes up, you know, maybe there's other comedians on and it's actually turning into a really good night, and then just before you go on, someone says, We're going to have a little bit of a speech here. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection.
2: Yeah,
3: um, yeah. From someone who works there, and like you totally can't be bad to it because hey, that's why there. you're there. But but yeah, you know, it just changes the mood a
2: little like bit. At the
3: end, yeah. Just... So what what we do because it's such a like you know you know because so many comedians kind of have this shared feeling on charity nights. Uh, what what I do with some friends is we kind of do like a big quarterly charity gig where. Because you've, you no, Shane, that. you just yeah. lie
2: to people saying that you're out of the country. Let's not try and sugarcoat this now. I'm back in Glasgow. Ah, oh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
3: so the the, the the sad thing is, I just always have to go to Glasgow now, just in case I get caught out. So I just it's kind of your fortune walk around the street there. But yeah, we do we do like a big quarterly charity night now, and that kind of I think is the way to do it. You know, we just pick a different cause, or if one of the comedians knew somebody affected by something, we just kind of do it like that and run it like a stand up night.
2: Yeah, I know you what know. you mean. All the proceeds obviously go towards whatever charity it is for the night.
3: Well, no, I get seventy percent. Well, then, of hey, course, oh I God.
2: mean the the, the, the proceeds <laughs> after the expenses. Uh, for From Shane. the
3: Glasgow flights, uh, no, yeah, we <laughs> give we give we give all the all the money to all the money to charity, and it's kind of good to do it like that because we put a big bill of like fifteen comedians on, so everyone kind of feels like they're doing something good and you know taking part in a good gig as well.
2: Right, so that's a that's a it's a very good bad one um, have there been any other ones that you yeah, kind of always stick out in your mind as kind of going that was tough
3: um, Yeah, I did a formal one um, I don't know why I got booked for it and I don't know why they I don't know why they asked and I don't know why I agreed but
2: what exactly yeah, what, what I, is that exactly like a Debs or something or a
3: yeah it's like you know whenever you're in like the last year of secondary school sorry yeah have, yeah like, yeah um, it, it was one of those and you know, to get any sort of crowd, like, to listen to you, like, requires a bit of effort. But whenever you're asking, like, 400 horny drunk teenagers to, hey, let this guy talk for 20 minutes, you know, it's not it's not an ideal setup for it. So that was really, really bad. Uh, and, and just at one point, this really drunk girl got up and just shouted, you're ruining my night. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not... It's not ideal. No, not
2: the kind of feedback you want to get
3: uh, at a gig. Yeah, she was one of the teachers, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you know the bad ones are still kind of there. You know, you can definitely still still have a bad one, and it can just take the slightest thing to make you think it's a bad one. But it just kind of depends on the on the venue. I mean, I remember there was this promoter who would he, he doesn't promote stand up anymore. Uh, he was this kind of older guy. And I don't know where he got my number from, but in, like, 2007, 2008, when I was starting stand-up, this guy would just, like, ring you and always... So he's from around the border somewhere, and he would just offer you the maddest gigs. This guy... I I would get a call once a week, and he he was... uh, You know, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. He was called Declan, and he would just ring you once a week and go, uh, Shane, Declan, how are you? And then he would offer you the maddest... He would say, like, you know there's seven people, we're, we're, we're going to, you know, some made up place, <laughs> and, and me and a couple of mates did loads of gigs for this guy and they were always terrible, because you got the impression that nobody else knew it was happening bar off, you know, you were just inconveniencing in people's nights, and they were trying to just have a couple of pints in the bar, so, yeah, I've definitely had my fair share of bad
2: ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I did one, one of the worst ones I've ever done is up in, do you know where Port of Ferry is? Up your neck I, of the I don't know, I was there
3: like, I was there like two weeks ago. Oh, were you? I did a yeah. Gig. Was it in a bar? Or yeah, was it, it was a, in
2: a bar, wasn't it? I think there was a theater up there as well, isn't there?
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was and that's in great. Yeah, and I heard that because I, I interviewed Neil Delamere before, and he was like, "I, yeah, I yeah. did they, did it up there," and it's the brilliant. Yoke, but a, a similar situation where there was a guy from uh, up the north who was booking gigs around there, and again, start just starting out, so you will take anything that you get, not being paid for. Five of us in a car, gone from Dublin up to Portaferry. I had to leave the car. Park the car up on whatever side of the port, get onto a ferry, go across, do this gig. And because we were so late getting up there and the gig was late starting, we, we, could, we could only do like three minutes each because we were going to miss the last ferry back across the, whatever it is the peninsula thing so we could get to the car and go back and like you said no one knew there was comedy on it was Champions League night on a Wednesday and we just <laughs> rocked up and uh, there was you know the literally lads shouting at us from the bar downstairs because it was the open plan bar upstairs and we were yeah. doing it up there and there was literally only the comedians watching each other and it was really one of those drives back where you're like what am I doing with my life
3: yes yeah and, and I mean whenever I started you kind of you have the idea of going everywhere you want a gig in Belfast and then you'll do Dublin and do Galway and you'll do Cork and you will just take any gig that's away from home because it feels, you know, it it, it just feels prestigious because it's somewhere else. But I did the place where Neil Delmere played in Porta Ferry uh, last year and halfway through my set, well not halfway through my set, say like 15 minutes from the end, people started walking out. Now I don't really do anything offensive, I don't think in my set, so I started to get really paranoid and trying not to address it and I was like oh god what have I done like why are people leaving and it turns out after this, the last ferry goes yeah. at like 10 past 10 and you very quickly realise that nobody's bigger than the ferry <laughs> you know like you're it doesn't matter who you are like you could be the Rolling Stones doing a surprise gig in there
2: and they're like sorry would.
3: People still be like, sorry, Mick. You know, halfway through, start me up a bit. Like, we gotta, we gotta the catch here. So yeah. So uh,
2: um, if, you, if you're listening, you don't know exactly, don't know what exactly Port-au-Ferry is. Port-au-Ferry is on the opposite side of a big, massive peninsula. So you can drive around to it, but it'll take you, I think, like, what two hours of a drive to get around. So there's a little ferry that just shuttles you over yeah, back and forth. But the last one, yeah, as you said, is ten o'clock and just causes yeah, chaos. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had some great, I've had some great gigs in the south, um, and, and then yeah. Someone's as well, similar to your Portaferry experience, where it's a long, long drive for a terrible, terrible night.
2: Yeah, and um, zero money. But um, listen, there's a, there's a, there were a couple of good, bad ones there. You've obviously done a hell of a lot of good ones, and you've been touring across Ireland and the UK in the last while very successfully, and done a lot of work uh, on on TV and radio and online and stuff. For you, what have been the kind of your favourite stand up gigs to date?
3: Uh, so we have a we have a venue called the Ulster Hall, which is um, in Belfast city centre, and. It's like a thousand pe- a thousand person hall, and I did that for the first time three years ago, and it was just amazing to to do it because that's where that's where I went to see big name comedians from yeah. England or the South or America or whatever. And um, so to do that myself was brilliant, but b- because it was the first time I had done it or any of my friends or anything like that, there was kind of like a bit of a rabbit in the headlights vibe about it, you know where. The show was grand, and, and I enjoyed it, and I think people kind of enjoyed it, but I, I knew I was definitely capable of doing a better show. I just kind of, the the, the occasion got to me just a little bit.
2: Ah, oh, right.
3: So, so the year after, that was my favorite shows because I did a couple of nights there, and it was kind of the first time where I felt like, I oh, know, this is...
2: Yeah, you got to probably I, get a bit comfortable here, with the you know? okay Yeah,
3: yeah I just felt just felt more comfortable on that stage, and it's kind of a different skill set to do... A room that size because I, I, I didn't know you know there's so many people I didn't know you know you got to like make sure you make eye contact with all the different sections and not just feel like you're just standing up there looking straight
2: in the in, middle Into like, darkness sort of and kind of going right you know, let's yeah. just hammer through this and get out of here
3: Exactly so so I think um the year after that which was two two years ago I did I did two shows there on a Friday and Saturday and I felt relaxed on stage and like I was able to able to take it in so they they were probably the best one.
2: And Camir, what was it? When were when we supporting Bill Burr?
3: So the first time I did Ulster Hall, so this was maybe three or four years ago. Uh, that one where I was like rabbiting the headlights a little bit. The week before that, uh, he he was he was playing the Ulster Hall. Um, I got a call. Would I like to do ten minutes beforehand? Um, I said make Bill phone me personally and ask me to do it. <laughs> I said yeah, absolutely, whatever you want. Uh, I got the I got to do that, which was which was surreal because I was a, a little bit late like discovering his comedy compared to some other comedians so yeah it was only like a month before that I started watching his specials so it, it was it was crazy that I got to to do support for oh, him that and, would have
2: been way better if you would no idea who he was and you were just rocking yeah, up going yeah. who yeah okay now B- B- Bill Burr whoever yeah, this guy I started is started giving him a
3: bit of started giving him advice about you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah about the venue Crowther, let yeah. him, here's, here's what you gotta do Bill but he was he was fantastic I got to have like a little bit of a chat with him beforehand but he was doing he was doing Galway the day after so he kind of went home pretty quickly after, but we had a a, a ten minute chat or something, and and that kind of that, that that was great. Just kind of chat about stand up and 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 just small talk, you know. Cause yeah, and
2: just see how you get, get that advice it, it, off someone at the top of their game, nearly.
3: Yeah, w- which was great, and I just I really enjoyed his his new special there. Thought it was great.
2: I watched it as well recently. at Paper Tiger. It's very uh, very good.
3: Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was brilliant. And that, but it was, it was great as well to get to play that venue a week before I played it, just to be on stage. But there was a lot, I mean, I was doing it with no pressure on me because I was doing support. So going back like a week later when it was just my show, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably, probably nerve-wracking.
2: But, but yeah, it
3: was great, that, great to just watch his set because at that point he was doing like a bit of a work in progress. So he was just trying some new material. And that's when I prefer to watch. I think it's maybe just being a stand up, but I prefer to watch comedians whenever they're just kind of having fun, testing bits out, seeing what works. So that, that was brilliant.
2: Um, so, your show, The Todd Father, it's touring around the country this week, and you're uh, in Wheelands tomorrow night. Um, what's, yep. what's the show about?
3: So, the show, The Todd Father, kind of love to say there's a big emotional message behind it. There's a twist, there's this, there's that. I just thought the name's great because. Old father I' a Godfather, so I just came up with a title <laughs> and then wrote the show after that
2: so. <laughs> yeah it's usually the best place to start isn't it You're like there oh, we go yeah,
3: yeah, it's got a very very loose theme. no the show's kind of about um the shows about the idea of me not getting the respect I feel I deserve because comedians kind of a weird job, and um, but i'm i'm thirty one and I've just got married and all that kind of thing so I feel like I'm not getting the respect I deserve, but, you know, it's very kind of tongue-in-cheek and not to be taken seriously. I, I Whenever I first started doing, like, solo shows, I, I thought they had to be these, like, emotional, um, heartfelt shows with a poignant twist and some sort of message. Yeah. And then about two years ago, I just thought, you know, they're not the shows I particularly enjoy watching. I like just watching people... Who, Think that they have funny stuff, and it's funny for the sake of it. So, so it's got a bit of a theme, but as well as that, there's just a bit of bit of nonsense in it, um, and a couple of couple of stories. And I mean, I know it's cliche to go. Oh, this, I think that's my best show yet yeah, because people always say that. But um, but I think I'm 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 when I feel like this is the kind of show I want I want to be doing. It's been great from so far, but halfway through the tour, uh, I had to cancel a show in Dundalk last night because sold six tickets. But look, these things happen.
2: Uh listen, it's peaks and troughs. You know what I mean? These things, as I said. Oh yeah. D- Dundalk isn't exactly the mecca of Irish comedy anyway. So uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, sure and they've bigger problems in Dundalk with Brexit and borders to be worrying about. You know, uh, comedy shows.
3: Yeah, I mean, I said he was doing a show. I was just there for scouting mission. On behalf of the government, but um, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm looking forward to to do. I've actually never done Williams before, so I'm very excited to do the show. Going to have a Nando's before the show, which oh, I'm you excited fancy about. Fancy bastard, Jesus! That's look at my that now. that's my that's my Dublin pre-show ritual to get a Nando's. You know the one beside the international?
2: Uh, yes, yeah. oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Very nice okay. one. Um, so, Go Todd, ahead. father, tomorrow night. What time do doors open up for that gig?
3: I want to say it's either door seven show 730 or it's potentially door 730 show 8
2: right well I know the exact information will be up wheelandslive.com you can (laughs) find that info there and uh, Shane what are your uh, social media handles you'd like to plug if someone wants to follow you online
3: it's just all Shane Todd you know I've just gone very traditional with my usernames just my actual name so yeah, there's still tickets left if you want to come see the show or if you don't want to see the show but you still want to see me, just go to Nando's I don't know, like half, five, six, something <laughs> like that, that. I'll just be there
2: <laughs> even. You can see Shane for free in Nando's tomorrow night besides um, yeah. the, the International there in the Nando's there. No, Shane, Todd, Todd Father coming to Wheeling tomorrow night. Listen, thanks a million, man, for popping on My Worst gig.
3: No, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on on the, on the, on the night of the week that the feature isn't.